We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation, and welcome back to Bring the Juice. Your guy, Cody, here, and I want to welcome on two special guests. Uh, long time coming, Mr. Stephen Burton. Welcome back on to the podcast from No Hosting Around. Adam, welcome back on to the pod again, my friend. Guys, uh, let's just be honest. This, this, Can I say this on podcast? I'm going to say it. This Colts team sucks. This team sucks, man. It's terrible. And this and, and and we've said this for weeks and weeks, but it was almost the ultimate pinnacle against a team that you've said things like the rivalry's back on and things of that nature, and you come out and you don't even score an offensive touchdown again, guys. And yeah, I mean, I, and that's kind of just the topic of this video, man. You know, it's the same issues, and I feel like we come on every single week and say this, but it's true. It's the same issues every single week with this team, right? I mean, it's just no accountability. And it seems like, guys, the locker room for the Colts, it's all talk, man. It's all talk. There is no backbone on this team, offensively especially. What are your thoughts? We'll start with Steven here. Just your thoughts on this team. They use the word accountability a lot. I don't know if you guys have seen Princess Bride before, but uh, Aniga Montoya, when he says, you say that word a lot. He's like, I don't think you quite know what that word means. That's what I think of when I think of the 2022 Indianapolis Colts and the word accountability. Steven, give me your thoughts, man. I mean, it's tough, too. Like When, when you talk about accountability and you, you preach that to the locker room, we're going to hold everyone to this high standard of what this means and what it means to wear the shoe on your helmet and what we expect of you. Hot Rod misses a field goal. You, you, you Essentially, you fire him, right? That's easy. We keep trotting Matt Pryor out there. We keep trotting Faison out there. And I and I don't know. And like I mean, you're watching the game today. I mean, and there's nine sacks, but I mean, the first three I I, I feel like you could squarely pin on Pryor, right? Like you could watch it. It's so frustrating. And I, I don't know I don't know where it goes from here. You know, I, I read something right before I came on with you that, you know, a lot of us want to, you know, like fire Reich, right? And, and it was something that I didn't really think of is you fire Reich. Who, who actually is left to call plays? Because you already scapegoated Marcus Brady, right? Like, so if right. you do fire him, who's going to actually call the plays for the last, you know, eight games? 
Yeah, Adam, your thoughts. And the real question is, can it really get any worse, Stephen? I mean, does it even matter? That's I I, I feel really bad because I am a diehard fan. I mean, my mother and I sat in the highest levels of of what was the Hoosier Dome. I'll give you a little age cap there. Watch Gary Hogaboom play quarterback. I mean, I love this team. Um, and it's so difficult. Again, the, the accountability thing, the nine sacks, the literally announcers saying, oh, look, they're going to blitz to the double team side wherever Matt, uh, Matt Pryor is, right? And now Ryan Kelly almost seems to be getting the brunt of the Matt Pryor side. In other games, it's been Quentin Nelson. It's it's like they finally put fries in here today, which I did see at one point. Um, but then they took Dennis Kelly out, who I thought did well at left tackle. So it's like it seems like accountability is a word that Frank Reich uses that only applies to others, and accountability of people that don't agree with what Frank thinks. Not necessarily accountability of good performance, but accountability of going against what I'm saying is kind of my feeling right now. Yeah, I mean, you just look at this, guys. Like It's just like rinse, repeat with this team. It's every single week there's something that the offense is doing that they just continue to do. And, yeah, I think this was just the ultimate peak performance of just like, this was just horrendous, guys. This is just terrible. And you're right, Stephen. Like, I, I like the point you brought up about, like, there's guys that are really hurting your football team that you're taking so long to bet to not have them play anymore and be a part of your team. And then you go and scapegoat Marcus Brady, right? And people will say, you didn't scapegoat. I know Frank Reich, clearly we knew he would deflect that and say it's not a scapegoat. But, like, you look at what the offense was. Now, granted, I will say, obviously New England has a better defense than Washington did. But it was just pathetic today, guys. Guys, I want you to just like think about this and let this marinate for a second. How about how bad this offense was for the Colts against the Patriots? 121 total yards for the Colts on Sunday. Guys, that was the fewest the franchise has had like under Indianapolis since 1997. Pre-Peyton Manning, guys. That's how bad this offense was yesterday or Sunday, depending when you're listening to this. It's that bad, guys, and it doesn't seem like anything's changing, right? You hear the offensive line. You hear Quentin Nelson and these guys saying, we're going to fix this, and then it just continues week in and week out. We've said this for weeks. Guys, now we're entering the point of the season where you are what you are, and it doesn't matter how much you say we're going to improve and get it fixed. You have it so far, and I don't think there's any chance you're really going to improve from where you've been right now. Yeah, I mean, the the, the question I have, too, as, I, as I'm sitting here and we're looking at the O-line specifically, right? And we've heard Ryan Kelly kind of come out and say it's, it's you know, or get off the pot time. We've heard Quentin Nelson come out and he said, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, you are kind of what you are. It's time to fix it. And then we talk about how, you know, the ongoing joke is always, but we have a really special locker room, right? Like we have a lot of high character guys. Like we've all seen that joke. But I was sitting there thinking about it today and, it's got me questioning, Do what does the locker room actually look like? Because I can't figure out, for the life of me, how do you have three all-pros on the offensive line who regress this much? Unless they just wanted to get paid, they've gotten paid, and let's just say, you know, for hypothetical reasons, they got paid and they don't have that, that dog, that gut, that 
fire and that desire to play well. Well, that's not that's not that character that you've 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 misjudged the character then at that point. You know, we all know there's players that we've we've seen the Colts play against. We've seen players in the NFL that one you always hear don't pay them because they won't want they don't have that desire once they get paid. And if that's the O line, if that's really what's happened with these three all pros, man, you badly misjudged the character in your locker room. Good point, Stephen. Cody and I have had some side conversations as well as my other counterpart, Andrew. And, you know, a lot of the kind of mantra going around right now is, oh, let's tank for draft picks and let's tank for this. And and I've said a bunch of times, I don't know that I actually trust this regime to make the right decision. Yes, Chris Ballard's made some great picks, but at the end of the day, once you make those picks, you have to have the people in place to develop the talent. And I'm starting to get concerned that we have the individuals to develop the talent here anymore. It's a real concern for me. Um, Sam Ellinger's Frank Reich's guy, right? Well, no offense, but do you want to be somebody's guy on a less than mediocre team? And, it, it, and kind of along your lines, it's it's the locker room, right? You've got this great locker room and you've got this great culture, but like, how hard is it to have a great culture on a mediocre team? And again, Stephen, we haven't we haven't ever really talked much together, but you know, I've got some people that play for this team, and I know what's going on in there, and it's not ha- it's not a happy place. It's not what they're selling to us. They are not pleased. You know, you had multiple players come out. Uh, Zach Kiefer quoted, I think Paris Campbell today, right? This S is embarrassing. Literally, it's what Paris tweets out today. I mean, you've got a guy who fights back from injury for this. Like, how do you do that? You've got Bobby Okariki who's busting his hump. I haven't heard anything about his contract talk. You've got Darius, or sorry, Shaq Leonard, sorry, Shaq. It it comes back in like, what's he getting, 30% snap? If I hear one more time that this is an injury maintenance thing, and you know Darius is Shaq's chomping at the bit, like, it just doesn't, something doesn't smell right, is what I keep saying. Something doesn't smell right, and I feel like when they're gone, we're going to find out. But it's just unfair to those of us who are season ticket holders and those of us who have been supporting the team so long that you're allowing that to continue at this point. It looks like, guys, this team is just playing flat, uninspired football. And to me, you know, they talk all the time We write about the locker room, how important the locker room is. Guys, from the smell test, this locker room stinks, and it stinks bad. It really does. Like, nobody's holding anybody accountable, right? You think about if this team was truly had a great locker room and guys that were – right. they talked about the friction, right, with this team. There's no friction with this team. Nobody's holding anybody accountable. Like, you don't see that, right? Nothing's getting changed. Nothing's happening with this team. And so I I just look at it and I'm like, man, the Colts are – and Chris Ballard and and everything like that, the Colts are basically the dollar store version of the Titans right now, you know? Like – but except they can't run the ball, right? They've invested all this money into doing those things, right? And their defensive line as well. But they're just playing, they're just not playing inspired football. And I think that is, to me, a big reason why you look at them and you look at a team like the Titans, who I would say, from a pure on paper standpoint, if we were talking about the at the beginning of the season, the Colts were a more talented team. But the Titans are a much more well rounded and coached team even though I think the talent is still lacking there 
with Tennessee. Right now, they're five and two guys. They could be after this game. We'll see how it happens, but they could be the number two seed because I think a large part is because there's coaches in there and Mike Vrabel set this culture that the Colts wish they had. That's about accountability, right? The, the Titans are a tough football team. They're yeah. tough mentally. They go out and they they perform week after week. And the Colts just seem like the complete opposite of that, which really stinks given we know Ballard can draft talent. We've seen it. But it seems like, guys, just the, the precedent that's been set by Frank Reich and just his coaching staff, it's a soft precedent. It's a soft mentality, and it's leaking into every aspect of this team, unfortunately. Yeah, and the interesting thing that I'd love to hear what you guys think, too, is something that um, that my counterpart, Zach, has brought up before, too, is with Ballard, the, the tough thing for us, that I think we can all agree, Ballard is an amazing scout of talent. Mm-hmm. But where he seems to lack is in roster construction, like what you actually need to compete now. And I, I've said it today, too. I, I don't know. If I trust him, I don't know if I don't. I don't don't know if they're gone. I don't know if they've got some vote of confidence to be able to pull the Sam Ellinger card and and do all these different things, which, hey, I'll raise my hand. I was the first saying, how much worse can it get, right? You put Sam in, how much worse can it actually get? But I sit there today, too, looking at nine sacks and go, it doesn't matter if you draft C.J. Stroud. It doesn't matter if you draft Bryce Young. I I watch our O-line. I think I said this today. I tweeted this out. I said, I'm on the Will Levis because he's the only one who's probably going to survive behind that O-line. Everyone else is going to get broken in half with the way that they play. I mean, it is – It's and the other thing we've talked about, we talked about me and Zach too, is that it's the sold a bill of goods feeling, right? It's the we were supposed to win the division. We were dark horse Super Bowl contenders. If it was going to be bad, like I wish I just would have known it was going to be bad. Like, hey, we're we're not what we what we think, right? But you yeah. go, you get Matt Ryan. It's like, man, this is it, and man, we are bad. But the thing that scares me the most is, I as bad as we are, I still don't think we're bad enough to get one of those top guys. And then even if you did, like I said, I don't know how much difference it makes with with the team that we have. Yeah. Right. There's there's gonna that guys, there's gonna have to be a lot of changes. You know, coaching staff, potentially GM, and I think some players, some some players that honestly, uh, you're gonna probably be surprised are gone, need to be gone because it's just this this stink in the locker room. It's just it's terrible, man. Nobody is performing well offensively. Absolutely nobody. And it's bad given you know how much you've paid, especially your offensive line. You pay Quentin Nelson over twenty million dollars a year. You know, you paid Braden Smith a good amount of money. You have Ryan Kelly under contract. He's getting one of the highest paid centers. And all these guys are underperforming from what we're used to, like majorly underperforming. Quentin Nelson was getting bullied out there, guys, at times. Like that is not Quentin Nelson that we all know, right? And so when I think, guys, it's just strange that even your best players, guys that we never had to worry about, like a Quentin Nelson or like a Braden Smith, now they are regressing to the point where it's getting bad. Like we're talking about, man, do we have to like trade them or severely like reduce their pay cut, like pay, like re- severely cut their pay. Like they're playing that bad. What do you guys think? And Adam, I'll go to you. Like, why is this happening? Like, it's not just one player. It's like multiple players that have severely regressed this season for the team. 
I think you're watching them speak out. I feel like they've had a gag order in that in that locker room, right? It, I feel like there's been a gag order put on that the team about don't talk, don't talk about what's going on in here. If you're frustrated, you can talk about how overall you're frustrated, but don't say a word. And the reality is, is the only way they can speak is come out and not play. And if if they're not intentionally trying to do that, I think it speaks to the mental fatigue that they have of just physically going in that building every day, knowing that no matter what they say, whether the idea is right, wrong, and different, it doesn't really matter because no one's going to listen to them. That's legitimately what I think is going on. And to me, there's no clearer representation of that than Marcus Brady firing and Chris Strauss are still there. I mean, you have three, we talked about this last week, Cody, three Pro Bowl linemen, and you've got Chris Strasser, and somehow Marcus Brady, who doesn't call plays, gets fired, yet Chris Strasser keeps his job and is the laughing stock of any telecast, even if Adam Archuleta's doing the broadcast today, about how much they're beating up that offensive line. I, I just, I think the guys are doing their best to speak out without speaking out. Interesting. What do you think, Steven? Yeah, so, I mean, I can see that. I can see – I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I don't – I see more leaks this year than I think we've ever seen, right? We've seen Kenny Moore look upset. We've seen um, uh, we've seen other players kind of speak out from the locker room. We, we've seen people be upset when Isaiah Rogers wasn't starting, like vocally, like out there, supporting him, him saying he doesn't know why he's playing. Seen Dennis Kelly and things like that, things that we haven't seen in years past. Um, I kind of lean sometimes on the side. So I, I think Pat McAfee, you know, we all love Pat, right? Like he's we, – we joke on our show, he's the loudest, proudest Colts fan with the biggest microphone. And one of the things he brought up, and, and I don't know, you know, he brought up two different things, one on Strausser and one on the players. You know, he brought up with Strausser is that it's really difficult to fire a position coach in the middle of the year because apparently I think I think the Colts – and this is this is lack of preparation probably is they only have, I think, two other assistants in that room, and neither one is anywhere near ready to take over as an actual position coach. But like we've said earlier, could it get much worse, right? You, sometimes you just have to send that message. And the other thing he brought up, and I think, Adam, I think you you hit it really well with how you put it. The players aren't tanking, right? They're not, they're not doing that, but because they don't want to put that on tape. You know, some of these players are going to leave. They don't want to put poor effort on tape, but at the same time, they're probably not on the jug machine as much. They're probably not running that extra wind sprint. They're probably not staying a little later in in the film room. Because they're tired of it. And we've all been in places, I mean, most of us have, where the workplace is just, it's, it's a, it just, I don't want to use the word toxic, but it's just, it's that way. And you just, it's not a place you want to be. And it wears on you. And I think, I think, Adam, I think you're right, man. I mean, I think, I think there's just, it's something weird. I mean, I've, I kind of feel like – so I get vibes of several different teams, right? Like I get vibes of like 2020 Eagles when they were just like toxic with Carson Wentz and then they brought in Sirianni and they brought in a young quarterback and the GM, he's still there, but he made a ton of moves. I also get kind of this vibe of like uh, – I can't remember the year, but that year right before Jim Harbaugh went out to the 49ers and they were just 
toxic and they just they had nothing they had the talent there but they couldn't do anything they needed a different voice and even as much as this year you look i I think the most relatable team to the colts this year is viking the vikings of last year right they had a coach that everybody loved they had a gm that was extremely well respected they hit a wall they hit a ceiling and you had to make a move and they make a move a drastic one and you look at them now I think that's where the Colts are. I mean, I, I hate calling for anybody to be fired. Like, I've been very careful of what I've said. But it's just <laughs> like, man, because I, I love Reich. Like, I love Frank Reich. I think he's an amazing person. I think I told Cody, mm-hmm. like, my biggest geek out moment was being in a press conference with him and getting to talk to him. Like, it was really cool. But I do think there's, you know, they, they've toned him out. I really do. And if anybody tries to tell you otherwise, I think they're wrong. I think we've talked about this, Cody, and that's kind of why I'll insert this too, Stephen. Like we've talked about Frank Reich as a human is unbelievable. Frank Reich as a football coach is trying to live off the unbelievableness of Frank Reich as a human. You know, it, it's like, um, I don't know. Because to me, you know, you were talking about the assistance on the offensive line. I certainly wouldn't mind giving – uh, Hall of Famer Kevin Moai an opportunity to coach this line That's who's the word. assistant to the offensive line. Not saying he's going to be better or worse, but I mean, can't imagine that he doesn't have a few things he can't tell the boys. Right. <laughs> I always forget about Kevin Moai. I know. Yeah. I looked it up while we were talking, so <laughs> call myself out. I'm always good for that. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious with how this team has just completely like flipped, like from where we were last year to now, like just all these players just for a year later, just completely dropping off. Like, yeah, I think I think the locker room is lost, guys. I think it's very fair to say um, there, you know, nobody, nobody like like you said, like when you're in a toxic place, like when you hear some, even if it's like a good thing, I, I know from personal experience, like even if somebody says something, but you're just totally done. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you're going to tune it out most of the time. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where we're at, unfortunately, with this team. And, you know, I think there was no better example than the New England game where the offense looked completely pathetic. Couldn't even convert a third down, guys. That's how bad it was. So, yeah, we'll see, guys, what happens here. I mean, the Colts, 3-5-1. and one. That tie even looks worse now because it may impact draft position. It probably will, um, which sucks. But we can't even lose right, man. I know we can't even tank right. It's insane. Uh, so I, I think there's, yeah, there's no way that I think Frank Reich lasts after this season, guys. Like it can't, you just cannot do this. And if you do, you're going to tick off not just a lot of players, I think, but also a lot of fans as well. So that would not be a wise move at all. And uh, guys, the Colts now, I think in three, there's been three games, the Colts have been, Blow, almost blown out by 20 plus points so it's it's getting bad guys um and now you're even losing games you should have won like that that washington game a week ago like you gave that game away so like you're losing in different ways now and i've said this before and i said it last week i said the colts don't want to win they just don't want to lose like they're playing not to lose they're not playing to win and that's exactly guys what i saw when the colts went four and 12 in 2017 same idea, same philosophy there that the Colts just didn't want to lose, but they also didn't want to win. And that's how bad teams work, guys. 
And unfortunately, the Colts are a bad team this year. Like we've seen it. I think the proof has been in the pudding and the pudding has stunk this year so far. So, I mean, guys, I can only think of one game this year, honestly, that the Colts deserve to win that game out of the three wins they had. And that was the Jacksonville game when Alec Pierce went and won that game. The other two games, let's be honest, they didn't win because they wanted that game. They won because the other team screwed up. Like, so the Colts really have won one game this year by their own power, right? They've willed themselves to one game, which is just insane when you think about it. In the games they have left, I mean, have you looked at the remaining schedule? Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, I think there's a pseudo-legitimate chance they don't win another game all year, minus that Texans game in the last game of the year. Man. You've got Vegas in Vegas. We all know when you travel to the West Coast, it's difficult. You've got Philly. Don't think there's a chance there. I think Pittsburgh maybe even beats us at home. Dallas, Minnesota, who's obviously playing out of their mind. We know that game will be within one score, though, because that's how Minnesota wins. The Chargers, the Giants, and then the last game of the season is Houston. I legitimately could possibly see them not winning any of those games. Wow. That's mind-blowing. That's crazy. That, that is mind-boggling that this team, you know, for, for all the – the hype that they were bringing us. I mean, we even bought into it a little bit, guys. Like, we definitely did. I mean, this team, it's not like they're devoid of talent. That's the weird thing about this team. It's like, they're not devoid of talent. They're just not executing at all. Like, they're just not prepared. It's obvious. They're not executing. And now, it doesn't even seem like they want to be out there. So, all three of those things, kind of that trifecta of a bigger issue at hand. And I think it's just, it goes to the upper management as well. I think it's just a combination of everything from the players to the coaches, to the GM, even to the owner. I mean, we can even throw that out there too. Like it's just, it's a microcosm of everything. So yeah, guys, it's going to be rough. Do you guys have any last thoughts here just about this team? Anything that you wanted to get in before we kind of wrap this thing up? Well, I mean, I was the only other thing I was going to say is I'm with you. Like it's, it's, it's maddening. And what Adam said has kind of been ringing in my head over and over a little bit is that you look across across the board and it seems to be coming from I'd be interested to know from up down because here's here's the thing like I brought up or someone brought up to me the other day too. It's like, did Frank Reich really forget how to coach offense? Like, did he really? I mean, I'm not I'm not defending Frank Reich, and I don't think that he's I don't I don't think at this point you can bring him back next season, but he's coached a top 10 offense every season he's been there. And now you are dead last, right? So did Frank Wright just forget how to coach offense in one off season? Did the three all pros on the O line forget how to play? Did our receivers forget how to catch the ball? Because I saw a lot of drops again today. You want, you want to see if Sam Ellinger's the guy to go into next year? Well, you know, catch the dang ball. Like when they, when he puts it in your hands, like Michael Pittman jr., and I love him, but last week, like that was the like we we joked on our show that had he made that catch, the conversation about Ellinger is completely different after that game because he's probably going down to score, right? Like, what what is going on is the biggest thing, and if it takes them cleaning house for me to find out, I would love it because it's just it's dumbfounding to watch. Yeah, it's. Two quick things. One, as I was doing research on some of the coaching staff, go take a peek at our existing coaching staff. It's like they've been building up for this breakdown. You've got 20, 30, 40-year veterans in the NFL coaching, 
and the assistants with like six and eight years. It's actually really, really, really intriguing. I would never say any team does that intentionally. Um, and the other, we'll call it parting shot, I guess. I don't know if you guys know this, but our leading receiver today wasn't even playing football last week. Jordan Wilkins was our leading receiver with four receptions. How god-awful is that? And that's not a shot at you, Jordan. I love how hard you work. But are you kidding me? That's horrible. Oh, guys, this is just, this is bad. It's, you know, it's almost like the absurdities to the point where you almost just have to laugh and just be like, this is just, this is just insane. It's almost a comedy at this point with how bad this offense is. And yeah, for all these reasons, I definitely think there's going to be some changes. There needs to be some changes. If not tomorrow, I don't think it'll happen tomorrow, but if not tomorrow at the end of the season, and we'll see um, what the Colts do. And hopefully we can find out some things right as well about this team and what the heck happened with this team. Um, but uh, yeah, right now, guys, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see the Colts currently sit at 14th in draft position as it stands right now. There's a lot of teams in that three and five record right now for the Colts. If they were three and six, they'd be up in the top 10. So really, you know, next week the Colts could potentially be up there, you know, so We'll see what happens moving forward. But, uh, yeah, guys, I think that'll do it for kind of our talk at the Colts accountability um, or lack thereof. Let us know in the comments below your thoughts on those things. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Stephen, for coming on. Always a pleasure, my friends, and always a pleasure to uh, talk to you guys about Colts and all that stuff. Be sure to hit the like button, subscribe, all that stuff. Real quick, guys, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you and find your work? Go ahead, Stephen. Uh, uh, you can find us. Uh, you know, obviously, it's me and my my, my co-host Zach Boyd uh, over at No Horsing Around Podcast. Cody and them, huge help. We actually, as bad as the season has gone, we actually managed to hit the two K subscribers today. Nice. Um, so we're really excited about that. Uh, follow you can follow on Twitter. We we're on there all the time too. But yeah, you know, jump over there, hit a like, subscribe, uh, and you may just see Cody or Derek too. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Cody, Cody's like building that coaching disciple tree, right? Because I, I could say the same for our podcast. Cody's really helped us out a lot. We're at Factually Football. Um, the Twitter handle is facts in the letter in football um, is, our, is my Twitter handle. You can also look us up on YouTube. It's myself and Andrew Thomason, who also writes for Stampede Blue. Um, so Love to get those likes, but quite honestly, just love talking with you guys about football as much as it's disheartening this year. So thanks again, Cody. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for taking some time talking about this. It's not fun at this point in the season to talk about the Colts, but here we are because we love this team, win or lose or draw. We love this team, and we're always going to love this team. Uh, and we're going to be hard on them when we need to be hard on them, like right now. And uh, that's not going to change. And I know you guys will do the same. So, yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, guys. Go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.